She waddles through this land, pregnant with dreams of liberation, with nowhere to birth them. Her water breaks in an attempt to cleanse the rot of patriarchy, but in turn baptizes her as less than human. But this feminist understands that the power of her voice and clenched fist shall reclaim her freedom. Not yet, Uhuru, the new voice of the women's liberation movement. Welcome to Not Yet Uhuru's Body Time Show. Please do join us every day as we tackle different topics right here on UJFM Drive 95.4 FM. You're hanging with me, Malibusi Podi, and I'll be your host alongside with Pumzile for the first hour of this drive time slot from Monday to Friday. Now, yesterday we had our first show ever where we discussed the ins and outs of feminism. We looked at what feminism means for us, especially for the ordinary person every single day but from next week we go on to talk to uh, we're speaking truth to power and we'll be analyzing the political scene from a feminist perspective and this is why it was important that we start with a show on feminism so we can just you know level the field and um, feminism is quite complex but a relatable ideology and sometimes we don't agree which is really great because we're not a sisterhood as we um, established but now it's important for us to talk about why we are here today today's show is called Body Time and every single Tuesday we'll be tackling an issue that has to do with our bodies especially around self-care as warfare because as women we find that we are socialized to carry so much. We are strong black women. We don't feel, we don't get hurt. We have to carry our entire communities and nobody ever cares about us. Like uh, we're always taking care of everybody, but who's uh, taking care of us? Or actually, I don't think I want anyone to take care of me, but do I even take care of myself? So it's important that we have a show that talks about our bodies, you know, our self-care. What type of things do we engage with? On yesterday's show, um, Lewuhang spoke about the violence that we that gets meted up against us and the anger that we go through and uh, how this compromises our mental health. And this is why today we're speaking about mental health uh, on today's show. And um, it's important to know that today's World Mental Health Day. And now it and it's important for us to talk about this show. So stick with us. After the break, Pumzile joins me and we speak about student activism and fallism and mental health. But please do join in on the conversation. Uh, we want to hear from you. The show is for you. And uh, tweet us at SoulCity uh, underscore SA at UJFM. And uh, hashtag is not yet Uhuru. This is Body Time right here on UJFM. And my name is Malibu Sipodi. You are listening to Not Yet Uhuru. Brought to you by the Soul City Institute. And our hashtag is not yet Uhuru. Our WhatsApp number is 064-826-5800. 064-826-5800. And we welcome your calls. Please do call in studio and let's have this conversation, right? Oh double one five five nine one six five three. We are breaking. See, are breaking the silence because we all know how the university mm, and working yeah. environments um, can be a cause to so much depression and anxiety, you know? Yeah. And joining us on the line to give more clarity on 
the matter as Forrest Tebiso Mudube, you know, he's, who's going to take us through her journey as a student at the university, you know, during the Fismas Fall protest, and, you know, how that made her suffer from mental health each issues. I beg your pardon. Um, Tebiso, uh, a very good afternoon to you. Tebiso, Hello. Okay, I think we seem to be experiencing a technical glitch. Yeah, <laughs> as as you know, as Pumzile was just saying that um, we're going to speak to Tepiso Mudupe because we understand, or at least I've come to the understanding that most of the time, the environments that we mm. find ourselves in, like the school environment, the working environment, or family environments, they can be so harsh and violent on our bodies. You know yeah. that we suffer from serious depression, serious mm. anxieties, and yeah. it's important that we have Tepiso Mudupe who going to weigh in on her okay, journey. Okay, let's try it again. Mm. Tepiso, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Oh, yes, you. finally. <laughs> Hi, oh, Tepiso. Goodness. A very Hi. good afternoon to you. How are you doing? I'm good, I'm good. How are you guys doing? I am awesome now that the weather is much hey. better compared to yesterday because the rain mm-hmm. was was very, very bad, hey? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. I mean, the side, I'm in the northwest and it's been sunny. The whole day, so I'm very happy about that. Ah, lucky you. Now, now, Tepiso, <laughs> let's just get straight to business. Let's talk about your right. journey, you know, as a student activist when you joined the movement. How how was it? Um, well, I started um, my first year in 2015. I was studying clinical medicine at VET. Yeah. And that's actually the year that um, the Fusion Fall project, project mm. began. Okay. And, you know, at first I was... I mean, personally, I was a very conservative, you know, young black woman. I believed in, you know, women's submissiveness. And I believed in, like, a lot of um, social norms, and I I, I grew to internalize them. Mm. And then when the movement began, I kind of began this new understanding of myself, of Mm. my identity as a black woman. And I began, you know, seeing the world differently. And that brought about a lot of anger in me. I found Mm. I was very, I was always in in a very angry state you Mm. know I always wanted to disrupt I always wanted to revolt Mm. and I had no idea the effects that that would have you know always being angry and and being sort of full of hate to some extent and how that can sort of deteriorate your mental health and your mental state now at some point I mean you suffered from severe mental health issues as a result can you please take us through the whole experience that you went through um well Okay, first I have to obviously you know, go back to the season four movement okay. and how, how it was functioning within the movement. Now, obviously, social movements stem from people wanting to form social change in society. Of course, that yeah. There are certain, yeah, there are certain qualities of society that are not okay, that are, you know, put women in a place of subjugation, black people are oppressed and things like that. And the irony is that within the Christmas Fall movement specifically, yeah. all of those oppressive traits of society mm. were sort of very distinctly found. How you found, you know, women were being raped in the movement. And the, the dynamic between men and women was very disruptive and very mm. violent and things like that. And so that became a big factor in my, you know, my mental deterioration. Because mm. I was constantly and always fighting the world, the police. Oh, and at the same gosh. time, I was fighting my own comrades. Mm, mm. So that led to me, you know, trying my best to mobilize, find black feminists from mm. the likes of Cape Town, you know, um, University of the Western Cape. And we kind of mobilized ourselves and became a unit. Sure. But even within that, because we were living a life full of violence, love and care and patience became very distant to us. 
And then eventually, you know, I just got to a point where I found that I was spending very little time by myself. Mm. I was not focusing on my own health and my well-being. I was not putting myself first. Mm. And that ended up, you know, my mom had to come and fetch me. There was a point when we were mobilizing in Maricana. There was a program where we were supposed to get students, you know, funding, scholarships and things like that. And then um, I just broke down, you know. I had hallucinations. I found it difficult to communicate with people and they did not know what was going on with me and I did not know myself. So, Tepiso, this is my label here, right? Um, Can you hear me, Tepiso? Yes, I can hear you. Um, So, I'm very interested. You spoke about the dynamics of the violence within the Fallist movement, that you're not just fighting the police, you're not just fighting the institution, but you're fighting comrades, Mm -hmm. right? And and I want to know from you, what are the dynamics of um, when you're fighting comrades, the type of backlash that you get for talking about your anger, for talking about the mental breakdown um, that you're getting? Because in a struggle, nobody, nobody has time for weakness you know yes. this is the status quo that comes from most comrades how how did you deal with that backlash if there was any um i mean i remember when we had um mass meetings you know mm. we would speak greatly on black consciousness and pan-africanism yeah. and everybody would be in agreement but the moment someone mentioned gender yeah mm. <laughs> we all know about that masculinity, yeah. exactly the moment someone mentioned hyper-masculinity patriarchy people would walk out people would say you know, you are distracting us. That's something that we can deal with afterwards. And that, that created a huge divide where, people, where we were saying, specifically the black women were saying, if the, if the movement is going to be revolutionary, yes. it's going to be intersectional. Yeah. And there was a big, big, you know, kind of antagonism in that. It hmm. even came to a point where the men, some, a few men who were, you know, the leaders of the movement, yeah. so-called, mm. outright blatantly said that, queer bodies, you know, certain women um, were not allowed to be in the movement. Mm. And that created a huge uproar. And at the time, I myself was at fault because I was very conservative and I was trying my best to not be, be titled a patriarchal princess, to not, be tri- to be, to not be titled a divider of the movement. So I did not stand up and say, no, this is wrong. Mm, yeah. I had to go course, over time yeah. and learn and experience the violence myself, you know, experience the sexual abuse by myself, by comrades. For me to be able to realize that, you know, this 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 feminism nonsense that I used to call nonsense is yeah. actually not nonsense at all. Mm. And 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 Tepi, so I mean, you've talked about your personal experience, you know, that that you know, yeah. you know, the trauma that you went through individually. Now. I'd like to understand the, 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 you know, h- how your family dealt with the whole experience. Mm-hmm. How did this affect your family? Um, I mean, I can, I can definitely say it was just as traumatizing to my family members as it was to me. Can imagine. Because leading up to the, the breakdown that I had, um, I was very distant to my, to my family. I wouldn't answer calls from home because I didn't know where to start. You know, I'm, I'm supposed to be in class studying, but I'm mobilizing in Cape Town. I mean, what are they supposed to think? You mm. know? So um, when I finally came back home, in my family, in my black family, as mm. it is in the black community, mental illness is seen as this taboo, as this distant, oh, unknown, man. mystical condition. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's attached to witchcraft. It atta- it's attached sure. to demonic position, you know, things of that nature. So there was a big misunderstanding. But where I did find closure was in the love that my family mm. had for me, the patience that they had for me. Something that I did not, I did not feel in the, in the fullest movement at all.
Yeah, I mean, I'm so sorry um, if we are triggering you in any way. And anyone who's listening at home, if you are triggered, we really apologize. But these are very important conversations. Now, um, Tebi, so beyond the recovery process and trying to navigate your way to healing, what's what, what I think as the final question that I want to ask you is, do you think like institutions like universities um, cater enough for people who, who live with mental health needs? Um, did you find any support to deal with this? Or did you have to create something of your own? Um, I mean, I can I can answer that question with certainty that there was, you know, little to zero um, support that we get from the institutions. Because aside from having perhaps, you know, depression mm. and anxiety, you have to deal with the fact that most black students in universities don't have a place to stay. Mm. Most black students in universities don't get food to eat. So how are you supposed to um, perform at your best you know, academically, when first of all, you've got your mental issues to deal with, you've got finances, you've got food, you're hungry, and you didn't get enough sleep. So, and then you go to places like Advent, at which you go to a place like the CPDU. And when you get there, obviously, I, I like to stress about identity, you know, and being a black woman, and how black women understand black women experiences. So I would go to the CCDU, mm. and then, Hello? We, we hear you, Tabiso. Yes. It's just that we don't have enough time. So can you please be brief? Okay. Um, so basically, institutions that so-called help the university, like CCDU at Virginia University, it does not necessarily go in-depth into therapy with experiences that women go through, that black women go through in the institutions. Mm. I remember when I went to get help, I got an old white lady. And I was crying. I was bawling out my eyes. And the first question she asked me was, what can I help you with? someone is crying and they're breaking down, you want to find out what's going on with them. You want to relate to them. But mm. none of that happens. Mm. Mm. So I wouldn't say we get much support from universities. If anything, they try to hide the cracks within students. Yeah, Tepi. So uh, thank you so much. Uh, unfortunately, due to time, we'd like to talk more about this. But thank you for offering yourself to come um, and join us um, and talk about this issue around mental thank health, you. which is very important. Thank you so much, Tepi. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, then. You know, that's the fallist and student activist, Tepiso Mudupe, who's telling us about her mental mental health story and how triggering student protests can be. And we just heard her experiences. And uh, we thank her very much for sharing because it's not easy sharing. Although we all need Mm -hmm. to open up and we all need to break the silence, it's not easy sharing. You're still listening to Not Yet Uhuru. Please, hashtag Not Yet Uhuru. This is Body Time right here on UJFM Drive. Brought to you by Soul City Institute for Social Justice. You are listening to Not Yet Uhuru. Brought to you by the Soul City Institute. It is music coming through from Cat Dahlia and it's titled, I think I am in love. I think I'm in love with I am not yet Uhuru. What do you think, Valuable? It's, it's amazing. I mean, Twitter, <laughs> social media is going a buzz. Yeah. Loving this feature, you know? Mm. Yeah. So, and, um, oh, sorry. And also play DJZ with triple four. <laughs> My bad. I don't know. I don't listen to Jay-Z, so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, so we spoke to Tepiso earlier on, you know, just giving us uh, her journey and detailing uh, what 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 it feels like to exist in a very violent space and what that has on a psyche, you know, Pumzile. Mm. And 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 it, it really lends itself to the next conversation that we're going to have with our next guest who's already on the line. And um, so we have uh, artist, journalist and broadcaster, Karabo Khuleng, who's also a very good friend of mine. And 
her and I speak about these issues all the time mm. around living with mental illness and the stigma attached to it. Yeah. And But what's one thing that's very exciting, I don't know if exciting is the word to use, but one thing that's very enlightening here um, is the fact that she has gone out and broken that stigma. She has gone out and, uh, you know, she has often, she's gone to social media to break the silence and stigma around mental health. And I'm, I'm really excited to have this conversation with her. And it links very nicely uh, with the conversation that we had with Tepiso. So we're going to be speaking to Karabo Kuleng and you can weigh in there at home. You go on our social media page, uh, UJFM Drive 95.4 FM uh, to Tweet us at Soul City underscore SA at UJFM and our hashtag is not yet Uhuru. And we're speaking about uh, mental health and it's important for us to reflect on these things because they happen to us. They happen on our bodies. And what's important right now is what it means for us as black women living in these bodies. Because most of the time when Apumzile, yeah. we're expected to be strong. We're expected to carry everyone. There are, there are certain words like Musaru Tsap Right? Yeah. There are words like uh, Uimbogoto. And when you think of Imbogoto, it's a rock. It's hard. It's cold. You know, it doesn't bleed. It doesn't feel. Yeah. And most of the time, I find that when I open up and I talk about uh, my mental state, people mm. will be like, but Malebu, you're strong. Do you ever feel like um, people expect you to always be strong and on the high mm, that you, yeah. you know, you're not expected to feel anxiety, you're not expected to feel any depression. See, th that's a bit weird, you know. Mm -hmm. That's a bit weird because I, I believe, um, you know, anyone can suffer, you know, f f from different mental health. It's not even a matter of, of being strong with regards to your physicality and whatnot. And it is, it, it is such, you know, it is such a mindset thing that we still have stereotypes with regards to, you know, the conditions that certain people go through on a daily basis. And, and, and I hope, one, you know, we're going to have a situation mm. in a society whereby we get really of such stereotypes mm. and, and such mindset. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, while we're trying to get Garabo um, on the on the phone, I'm just going to read a little bit of um, the contributions on social media. As I say, you can weigh in, tweet us at soulcity underscore sa, and our hashtag is uh, not yet uhuru. We've got uh, Zenande underscore m who's saying I'm really enjoying this hashtag not yet uhuru feature on UJ FM Drive with Nkuta Pumzile and Malebu Sipodi. It's quite enlightening and engaging. <laughs> We're enjoying this as well. I'm enjoying this. I mean, hanging um, every single day, Monday to Friday, three to four. It's um, it's it's really been a, a, an amazing experience. And we have a huge, a whole Twitter thread here uh, from Mutaung Wa Kalele, and she's talking about um, you know the type of pressures that you face as a black woman um, in society um, mm. regarding mental health issues, and she's yeah. talking about the different institutions you know yeah. that silence you mm. um, one of the institutions she brings up is she says uh, when you go to church uh, they'll tell you to snap out of it oh, stop goodness. drinking those pills My and word. she goes ah oh, I could scream right now and Nobu Klingkoma says yeah they use it against you so 
another friend of mine was also telling me the other day that um, when you're in a corporate space, mm. and I can identify with this because I also come from a very corporate space, because of the because of the the role that you're playing in corporate, yeah. they usually silence you, saying if you speak about your mental health issue, mm. you know, if you speak about your mental illness, Goodness, yeah. it's it's a it's it's tainting the brand of the company. So this is why it's important for us to bring in Garabo on this imagine. conversation. Yeah. I can imagine, and I believe we've got Garabo on the line. Hopefully, um, Garabo. Oh gosh. Okay, I think we've lost Garabo. There, there's something um, happening uh, with the line, but I'll continue reading um, the some the, of, the, the, comments, some of yeah. the comments on Twitter. Right, Mutawung um, Washa Lele says people pretend they understand your illness until the mood swings occur, the uncontrollable mm. anger, tears, mm. and attack. And she says people choose not to even disclose their mental health status because people think it means you want to be treated special. I feel that all the time and I've had many people um, talk about this, that when you come out and you talk about your mental uh, illness or your mental health state, that um, it will be used against you. You know, they'll say, oh, you're seeking attention or you want special attention. And so this is why it's important for us to have these conversations, to engage them so that we understand more. Because most of the time when we speak about these issues from a place where we don't understand, we don't know how to address it. And this is why I, I was personally touched by Tepiso's story, who spoke about even though the institution mm. did not have ample support structures to deal with um, yeah. the, the amount of mental violence, if I have to put it that yes. way, yeah. that they as a feminist movement found different ways to deal with this, to address these issues. Uh, and, and you know what, Malebo, I am 100% sure that now we have Karabo Khuleng on the line. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Karabo, I'm very Karabo. Crossing my fingers. Thank you. Oh, gosh. You know what? I tried. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, I really, we apologize at home. We were meant to have Karabo Khuleng on the line. Who, we'll, we'll who, yeah, we'll keep on trying calling her. She's an art uh, and journalist broadcaster. Mm. And um, she's a very, as, I, as I've been repeating this, that she's a very good friend of mine. And, um, you know, we, we always talk about the issues around uh, mental health, you know. Well, of course, you're still tuned into the body time right here on UJFM Drive 95.4. Of course, you can still join the conversation even and have your say all you gotta do is tweet us at soul city underscore say alternatively at ujfm we're talking self-care as warfare oh seems like we have garabo on the line a very good afternoon garabo how are you finally hi <laughs> welcome to that. the ujf i'm good thanks and how are you hi garabo <laughs> how are you i'm all right i'm all right this is my level speaking here Man. yes Okay, so while we were trying to get you on the line, we were just speaking about how you often take to social media to speak about your own experiences regarding mental health. And um, you speak about how there's stigma around discussing these issues. Do you think um, this is, you know, is this true? Is there a stigma or are we reaching when we make that statement? Of course, there's stigma. Mm. Um, if if you have a situation where people are being told the police around where they can have these discussions. That mm. means that there is stigma. Because even with social media, I've had people that I'm close to that would inbox me and say, um, do you think this is a good idea? Mm. Um, and uh, even within family where it's not an easy conversation to mm. have, 
and uh, in workplaces, mm. in romantic relationships. Of course. And unfortunately, it can also be used against you. So I would say definitely you're not reaching. There is a stigma. Sure. And we always, I mean, you and I always talk about this, right? Like, uh, yeah. you know, we always support each other. But now I want to talk about the type of facilities. Um, before your your interview, we spoke to Tepiso and she spoke about how there's lack of support from the institution that she attends. So now talking on a broader scale, the type of mental health facilities in our country, do you think we have enough to support the black communities around um, around the different places that we find ourselves? in? Well, the fact is, it's not an opinion, the fact is we don't have enough Mm. Um, because the facilities, A, would be responsible for disseminating the right kind of information where families would be empowered and individuals would be empowered with that knowledge. When you look at what's available um, in terms of the state system, uh, even at primary health care spaces where the first clinic you walk into, um, even the nursing sisters there are not able mm. to uh, to pick it up whether you, you, you're presenting a mental illness. Mm. And usually with mental illness, by the time um, diagnosis happens is when the breakdown has already, has already happened, yes. you know. Um, also with the, with the state institutions mm. um, is that, you know, for one psychiatrist, you're dealing with literally hundreds of patients. So... Mm. There's still a lot of work that needs to be done there. If only, you know, mental illness got the kind of attention that HIV AIDS mm-hmm. got. Oh, mm-hmm. um, yeah. then, that's a very yeah, important that's, point, yeah. Yeah, that's the level at which we need to be um, we need to be intervening. And b- before we let you go, Garabo, I just want to ask you one last question. Are we really confused, you know, about the difference between African spirituality, which is amadlozi, and, and mental health issues? Or, or can they be really, you know, or can they really be understood as the same thing? Okay classified as the same thing well with mental health it's also it also happens within a context of family and society especially when it comes to depressive major depressive conditions mm. that they happen within a societal space and even you know even just being a black woman in the world mm-hmm. um, can you know cause mental illness in lots of spaces it's just sheer exhaustion mm. so I'm my take is that uh, you require different modalities of healing uh, that can that can uh, respond to each individual's needs um, and uh, it, you know you have to also believe in the treatment and be part of that mm. my take would be you know to combine medication with um, w- with traditional beliefs, with traditional medicine. If that's also what works for you, there needs to be conversations between the different health practitioners and the, mm, different, yeah. um, the different wellness practitioners about, you know, how, how to take this on. This is, um, this is a con- these are conditions that require a team of people. And because you know, those conversations are not, are not uh, happening, a lot of people also fall through the cracks. Um, and Garabo, um, you know what, uh, uh, we will we'll like to apologize for, for the delay with regards to the interview because we were experiencing technical glitch. And most importantly, thank you so much for sharing your story. And it's not a problem. You know what, I hope someone out there is inspired. Thank you so much, Garabo. Thank you for sharing. It's always great talking to you. There was literary journalist and radio personality Garabo Khuleng, you know, talking about the differences between mental health and African spirituality. You're still tuned in to Not Yet Uhuru. (laughs) I nearly said Uhuru. (laughs) My bad. (laughs) Right here on EJFM Drive, brought to you by the Soul City Institute for Social Justice. You are listening to Not Yet Uhuru. 
brought to you by the Soul City Institute. It is music coming through from Luca featuring Karen Kramer, and this one is called The One. Yeah, talking about The One, I can't believe that an hour is gone already. And we're having so much fun and Yo. talking about important stuff. Yeah, yeah, I mean, um, so you've been chilling with me, Malebo Sipodi, uh, joining Pumzile, and uh, we brought you Not Yet Uhuru, mm, yeah. um, and uh, we've really enjoyed uh, the conversations and the types of contributions that have come in. Tomorrow we have another show. Now, ladies, come Coming into studio and we're talking about gender and fallism uh, and it's called the hashtag dear university show tomorrow which I'm very excited about yeah. I mean Tepiso touched on a few issues around institutions of university and the type of how you navigate your body as a black woman so I'm really looking forward to that show tomorrow so you can tune in tomorrow same time 3 to 4 p.m. of course and you can still continue you know by interacting with us on social media you can send us a whatsapp on 0648265800 hashtag UJF Drive alternatively at UJFM, and let's keep the conversation going at Soul City underscore SA hashtag not yet to This is my level, and it's been great chilling. Thank uh, you, Pumzile. Absolutely, love you. Bye bye. She waddles through this land, pregnant with dreams of liberation, with nowhere to birth them. Her water breaks in an attempt to cleanse the rot of patriarchy, but in turn baptizes her as less than human but this feminist understands that the power of her voice and clenched fist shall reclaim her freedom not yet uhuru the new voice of the women's liberation movement